CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week, once again, I believe, is this the first time for 2024? Or did Man, you it... come on a little bit? I can't. I was on a few episodes ago, but I can't remember if that was the does end of December. Because you were right there. Anyways, does it matter? Because he's here. He's here again. We had a good time the last time. You might have been my first show at 24. I can't remember. Either way, it's great to have you back, Mr. Dean DeCrescenzo. I love seeing it's, your last name. It's, it's like, so good to leave a memorable impression. Have you been here before? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> like only new? a number of weeks ago. <laughs> it feels like forever. <laughs> Right, so restart, much has restart, changed restart. in the world. <laughs> yeah, so it's PGA Tour or PGA Show Week, which is awesome for everyone who's at the PGA Show and anyone following along. It's kind of horrible for those who have been to them before, have covered for THP before, and are unfortunately stuck in the rain-slash-cold-slash-misery that is the Midwest uh, and East Coast. That is pretty specifically us. Yeah, it's definitely us. It, it was always kind of nicer, right? This week when it's like, hey, guys, want to come to Florida for a week? Get out of this miserable weather. Go go see a lot of friends in the industry. And then if you remember the one year we went to, uh, was it Mission Mission Inn afterwards and played a little golf for a few days? Bridgestone, yeah. Fantastic week. Oh, my goodness. That was a huge launch for Bridgestone with Irons New Balls, I believe, we were out at the time. That was super fun. And now we're here. And... I'm I'm kind of curious and I don't I don't want to spend too much time on the show because if you are looking for information on that, especially coverage from our side of things, uh JB and J Man are both there covering the show, providing a lot of information. If you haven't seen it yet, go check out the live thread that's going on. They're showing a lot of cool new products. But uh I, I do want to ask you, do you remember what your favorite part of going to the show was? Mm. It's so easy to say the after hours stuff, right? Yeah, in the pit. But but if we don't if we don't talk about the pit, which is always what what when I say the after hour stuff, I don't mean just yes, sitting there and having beverages and you know and sushi and whatnot. But the conversations that went on with all the people in the industry at that point in time and in that location on the floor, everyone's got their own you know spiel, right? Everyone, the salesmen and all the the reps pretty much say the same thing over and over and over again but after the fact there's so much buzz about um you know what booth looks good and these are coming from them not just from us so you'd hear someone from cobra being like yo man did you did you see what callaway did at that booth that's pretty cool or you had Srixon saying something about like the bridgestone booth it you got to hear a lot more things and them talking about other companies and their company as well so really, really kind of a cool experience was it the year of the tank? <laughs> J-Rod's a different human, man. That was my first PGA show was the year of the tank. And I, I got told, where do you see the tank when you walk in? And I didn't believe there was going to be a real life-size tank in there. <laughs> You're going to say up. a real live tank. <laughs> there it is. You could even and feed it. <laughs> it was it was kind of pointed directly down towards another company's location who was way on the other side of the building. But it was pretty uh, symbolic at the time. Shots fired. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I, I was going to assume it was just, you know, 
sushi followed by McDonald's, but apparently you had a, a different memory than I did. So that's that's great. I'm glad you remember different things. Because at that point, I don't really remember the McDonald's <laughs> that much. Um, but yeah, no, the, I, it, that stuff is all good. My very first memory of the PGA show was I got in. I, I mean, I talked about the tank, but the night before is when I flew in. Uh, and I walked to the table and I was a little nervous. I had gone to some media events before, but nothing to this grand scale. And, you know, Josh, they were at the, the, the Rosen center pit and Josh sent me a text. Hey, when you're here, we're, we're in here, just drop your bags and, and come, come over. So I did. And there was one seat left at the table and it was next to Harry Arnett. <laughs> and i was trial by fire yeah at the time i was just like wait a minute am i supposed to sit there is that is that where i'm going right now and i was like very like sheepish like tiptoeing up to the table and sat down and uh yeah it, harry looked at me and he said dean how the heck are you and i was like oh okay here we go we're, we're in uh who are you <laughs> yeah who are you like, all right you know nope. my name <laughs> I actually you? do. I have a memory that I'll never forget. I had uh, Sean Toulon on one side of me. I had uh, Luke Williams on another. And then Austy kind of towed in. Uh, and this is right in the heart of me shit talking Luke about how mallets are stupid and they don't count and they shouldn't be putters. Uh, and then I realized shortly thereafter that my jokes were not landing very well and that I should probably just respect the fact that uh, yeah, I have. I'm in murky waters here. I'm the guy that designs the mallets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fun though, man. I, I love that you can chop it up like that. And I know that the show's changed a lot in the last couple of years, um, especially with COVID and everything that happened with that. Um, did you see it sort of making the comeback that it's had, or did you think the show was effectively over? Uh, I kind of thought it was effectively over. I mean, in, it's it's bad to say like that, but we've seen. I went four or five straight years, and it seemed like each time it was getting a little bit smaller. You know, TaylorMade. Um, if, if you remember, TaylorMade was you know there's the equipment section, there's the apparel section, there's like the new innovation section, and then way down at the other end of the building was TaylorMade Golf, which was massive. And then their stuff kind of shrunk a little bit. And then they had a year where they only did demo day. They had a year where they just didn't go at all. And then they came back and they were back with the regular equipment side and their booth was even smaller. And that was in my mind, kind of what was happening to the show. It went from this big, huge thing to, it was just condensing smaller and smaller each year. And, you know, it sounds like it's still a little bit smaller and, um, you know, there's obviously been some changes, like you said, with COVID, but it's it's still here. It's still around. And I feel like there's a lot of buzz around it this year. Maybe it's just because we're paying attention and, you know, James and Josh are doing a good job keeping things live and updated on the forum. But it's uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm missing it. I, I want to be there. So I, I think a part of that, too, is the way that the golf industry landscape changed on releases. It, it seemed like for a while the place to find out about new product was the PGA show. But now it's kind of become more of this it, it will be there our chance now is to sort of celebrate with you and and reconnect and and tell the better story i think it's great for companies like cobra where they have uh two pieces to it they have the product that they can celebrate but they also have this massive component in puma clothing to where you get that sort of double down and and i like the idea at least what we did is we, we would focus on uh, equipment one day and then we'd totally flip and go apparel the other days 
and it would be like you know here's a chance to see all this new product that's coming out that you probably didn't know you were going to spend all your money on but here <laughs> here it is and like check out this new belt or this new watch or this new you know uh uh, shirt line that uh, definitely not echo like all these things that were just there <laughs> and if you remember that is how uh the year one of the years you and i were there that's how we discovered tom tom golf watches oh my god i remember that remember that i mean it was uh, just like crazy it yeah. was just us wandering around it was like hey this this is kind of cool <laughs> this is a thing shoot, look let's shoot some stuff on this <laughs> yeah so that was fun but you know like i said i don't want to take too much time with the show we've had these conversations before and, and i think while it's fun to remember it a lot there's so much going on in golf right now that uh, my reason for bringing you on is because i think that a couple of those pieces are are definitely in your lane which is more on the tour side of things um and and dean i want to admit something right now i i'm trying my mental game for tour golf i'm reinvesting i'm attempting to focus more uh on the pga tour this year as well as the lpga tour if i can get uh my eyes and uh ears on that i, I, I very much like that and with that, I think it's pretty interesting to start with. I just saw announcers a co-ed match play coming out, the match or whatever we're calling it. Did you happen to see that? I did. So we've got Max Homa and Rose Zhang and Rory and Lexi Thompson going off against each other. And first off, I like it. There's not other sports athletes involved. It's back to golf. That that's something that interests me. That's a uh, win, yeah. Yeah, it's a win. No, I mean, my wife's a Bills fan. I, I like watching Josh Allen play football. I, you know, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes playing football this past weekend. It didn't go the Bills' way. I liked watching them in that arena. I don't need to watch them on the golf course. Okay. I, I know. I know that dry, dry, you know, draws eyeballs. Football's a massive sport. Um. But so what you're saying is it draws from it. other people, right? Let's kind yeah. of the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd like. I mean, it's it's celebrated for for golf and maybe it comes off i don't know maybe i'm elitist in this way i want it to be golfers <laughs> playing golf i you it'd know be the same as if watching you know uh rory mcelroy do like the nfl combine that, that has no interest to me what cracks me up is like why does it have to be one or the other you know what i mean like why not make a day out of it and have multiple matches where one of the matches or even a weekend out of it where day one is the almost the pro-am style match where you have the guys the pros and if you don't feel like watching that we'll come back for day two because the hottest players from x group or whatever is going to come out and play like that that to me there, there's so many good options there to not yeah. isolate and and that's a win I, I will tell you right now i'm thrilled at the idea of seeing the women compete with uh i think it's with the men right like it's uh, a um an lpga player and a pga player against an lpga player and a pga player right yes okay that's how i I understood it yes so so let me be honest okay when i saw this i saw it as a thread on thp and what that means for everyone who are not is not familiar with the thp forums is you simply get text all you do is read and i saw rose and immediately i assumed justin rose and respectfully and respectfully i was like eh don't really care (laughs) and it's nothing against justin rose I, i honestly it's nothing against it it's just like it's just another match, whatever. And for some reason, Lexi's in. That's cool. Then I found out it was the way that it's actually structured Structured with a new player or an up-and-coming player on the LPGA Tour who, who's making it a very strong name for herself. And I'm like, man, this is actually really compelling. Now I'm legitimately excited to watch. Yeah, no, it's really funny that you said that about you know the Rose part and the text. Really? I thought the same thing. I'm just like, okay. Like, I, <laughs> I like Justin Rose, but... Yeah. All right. It's kind if of I'm not busy that day. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I I love that they are bringing in uh you know two LPGA stars, one young up and comer, one that's been around for a while and has made a pretty good name for herself. Um, Rory, okay, yeah, you want I I understand it. You want the guy that is like the main headline grabbing player on the tour. Max Homa is not that. However, he is he's gold. <laughs> like I for people that don't pay attention to golf all that closely and and don't follow him on like the social channels they're gonna see max home and be like Ooh, this guy's a riot like he really <laughs> is yeah. so I, I love that he's involved in it okay um yeah so let me ask you then this were you surprised it was lexi uh, were you surprised it wasn't another lpa lpga player who's sort of on the come up maybe like a corda that i'm some surprised people it wasn't a corda that was yeah. that was the name i was gonna go with um but Lexi's got some press after, you know, playing a PGA tour event uh, in the fall. So she's made a little bit of a name there. Uh, like I said, she's been around for a while. I, I think it's, I think it's a, a safe choice, a good choice, but a safe choice, a safe choice. That's an safe interesting choice. way of putting it. I yeah. mean, she's a household name. There's no way around that. Yep. Um, and, and that's for both men and women. I, I think that court is getting there. I think her, her dominance has been relevant enough for long enough that, she she certainly has earned that position of relevance, don't you think? I do. I do. Okay. I think she's been there a while. And um, not to get off in tangents, which we usually often do. That's the goal, right? That's <laughs> what we do. So did you see the, I think it was on Instagram or X or any of the other social You mean Twitter? Twitter, <laughs> formerly Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the video of uh, Corda's uh, range session. So you just watch her swing like on loop over and over again. It's like the Ernie Yells one that was just posted. Yeah. And yeah. I just sat there and I'm like, man, that golf swing is so good. Why I think you're I sitting there that? thinking like, that's exactly what I assume I look like when I play golf. Well, I, I was going to send her a video of me and be like, you should try to do this instead. <laughs> but I don't think she wants to put on like 90 pounds. So I don't add a bit more <laughs> complexity to her move. Yeah, yeah you like really that. should not turn as much as you do. It's detrimental to your swing. It, so <laughs> it, it, it was a safe choice and it was a bit of a surprising choice, but I think it's a good choice to take. Yeah. Lexi. I think. I think she hits it, swings hard enough, and and uh, and hits it the way she does, which I think is a good thing for the experience overall. What what interests me is how they present it and how it's uh, experienced. The goal here is to have fun. The goal here is to be competitive, but also make sure that uh, both fan bases get something out of it, right? So, you know, what to you is best possible outcome is this like a, hey one and done or do you think like hey this is a kickstarter to something that can really connect golf as a whole man i would love for it to connect golf as a whole but i i don't know if they know exactly which direction this whole match series it should be going in because we've seen it jump all over the place right so i i think this is kind of a way like we want to get it back to golf and we want to bring in the LPGA. We want to draw some eyeballs there. We want to get people talking about not just the PGA tour, but talk about the LPGA tour. And let's be honest, you know, 95% of the people that are watching it, or I'll even say 95% of the male golfers watching it should probably pay more attention to, you know, Rose Zhang and Lexi Thompson swing and some of the ones on the LPGA tour than they should the ones on the PGA tour, right? Or arguably minus the fact that their accuracy is 
uh, off the charts. So we're purely <laughs> looking at the move and the speed here over everything else. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Cause here, here's my concern. The last time I saw this sort of collaboration between golf and not golf and up, let's run that back here. PGA tour and not PGA tour. Uh, the idea with the, the F1 sampling that we got last year, like that was, listen, I, I appreciate that people tried, but it was so painful as a golf fan to watch that. It was so far away from what that sort of traditional realm of golf was. And it, it wasn't even, I, I have no way, good way of putting this. So like, I'm trying to dance around the reality is I just didn't think for what they were trying to accomplish. They, succeeded in doing that it was a it was a turnoff for a golf fan and it was something else for someone who was not familiar did you do you feel like they're going to do too much of that this time or are they just going to understand that okay golf is golf let's just make it fun i think they're going to try to make it look like golf is fun which golf is fun but i i, I don't think they're going to try to make it anything bigger than that like the f1 yeah. thing they they tried to do that was a little i don't know it was a miss for me it, it just really was um what do the kids say these days? Cringe, cringe worthy. Is that, is that what they say? My kid says sus for everything now. So I don't know. <laughs> there was one golf thing that they tried to connect. I can't remember what the name of it was. It was a Nickelodeon one. Uh, okay. The slime, slime outing or slime cup. Something oh, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought that was a better attempt at mixing like golf in like silliness and, and it really was designed, you know, golf and youth to try to like get people to put youngsters to want to play golf and know that it's fun. I thought that was a better attempt than the F1 uh, one was last wow. year. Okay. Yeah. But well, the, the Nickelodeon stuff that they're doing is cool. You watch yeah. the football games when they do the Nickelodeon broadcasts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I, I think that's the avenue that a lot of these things should be going. And I know it it's looked at as kind of a silly thing, but I really do think that that's where some of these things should be going. Okay. Well, I want to continue on Lexi for a bit because she has had a shift and a surprising shift um, this year. And that is she's no longer playing Bridgestone golf balls uh, and she's now signed with Max fly. So Dick's and uh, golf galaxy. What does that, that's surprising, man. That's a big shift. That's a huge shocker. When I, when I saw somebody post that, I was like, no way. Come you on. Check and making sure it's not April one. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's just not it's not saying anything about like the quality of product or anything like that. But it's you know you're going from one of the big major ball manufacturers to one that's owned by you know a sporting good store essentially now a large store and whatnot. But eh, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. I'm so curious to see how long it goes for and how well she plays with it. If she plays well, then it's, it's a huge boost to max life. So that's the big kicker, right? Because I've been, I've been a long time and firm believer that Bridgestone makes an ultimately super good product. Um, I played it for a long time. I believe wholeheartedly that they have options for uh, a variety of golfers um, in a, in a tour ball. That's excellent. Uh, I think she, I, I want to say she was in excess for a long time and then went to RXS. I can't remember specifically because um, she does put a pretty quick move on the ball. But to me, it's like 
Max Y doesn't measure up to Pro V1. Uh, at least I don't think anyone would ever look at a Max Y and say, this is a competitor of Pro V1. So Lexi's moving from a product that effectively should be considered a competitor to something like a Pro V1 or a Chrome Soft uh, and, and going into a ball that does it have a competitor. So it's fascinating, right? Because obviously money talks. There's a great benefit to making money, not having to win golf tournaments. And I'm sure that's the case in some form or another. But at the same time, that has to be a step down, isn't it? It kind of reminds me when in it's not exactly the same deal here, but it kind of reminds me of when Webb Simpson was wearing, was he wearing polo, polo sport? And then he dropped to Izod. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it just didn't, it was like, here, here's like a classic, like outfitted golfer who just won the U S open. And then he went to wearing the, the Izod stuff with the head. Remember that huge logo Izod all That's... over his stuff. That's what this kind of reminded me of. It's not that, the you know the product is bad it's it's just not a competitor to what is mostly out there on tour fascinating so it's a little bit of a head scratcher there i did see some stuff with her about she talked about like how she tests golf balls mm-hmm. she tests that she likes to test them in 30 mile per hour winds to see how the ball reacts apparently she saw some stuff that she liked i mean that's that just seems downright crazy right there in thir- like I don't even want to go outside when it's windy like that. <laughs> no, no, me either. Like, I, I I want nothing to do with that. That's okay. I would almost cancel the round over that. <laughs> so it, it's interesting you made the reference to Izod because one of the big components of the Dix and uh, Golf Galaxy brand is Walter Hagen, right? Like that's a huge piece of their product. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't have any clue on Lexi's uh, current status with. Cobra Puma, I have no idea. But man, could you imagine the impact that it would have if she ever shifted to something like a Walter Hagen or a Golf Galaxy brand? I think that would be huge. And I and I think that she would be plastered all over those stores. Uh yeah. You'd see more of her there than you than you would have in the last five years or so with Bridgestone. Right? Yep. In one store. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see Bridgestone marketing plastered anywhere? No. Hmm. Um. I mean, I have a hundred things to say about. Yeah. So pour, pour I, a glass and let's have some fun, man. I don't Get know. Get ready for a three-hour marathon show, everyone. Oh, this is wild. So <laughs> again, I, I think Bridgestone makes one of the most competitive balls on the market. I I think they've been uh, a market leader from a design and quality and result based standpoint for over a decade now. I firmly believe that. Um, What fascinates me is like, where is the progression? You know, we've seen Chrome soft grow from the ball that wasn't the ball to the ball that changed the ball to now having a multitude of options this year that I think people are really excited about with technology to boot that's inside it, new technology. And it's like, where are these other brands going? You know, my expectation would be if you have a great product, it should be excelling year over year. And maybe the expectations aren't the same because I don't, I don't fully know, but other than Titleist, who's at the, I would assume at this point at the top of the hill, looking down saying, come get us. Good luck. Uh, to all these other options out there, uh, 
I guess you could make an argument for TaylorMade. Uh, Srixon obviously makes a good product in the and, and multitudes, uh, multiple urethane products at multiple price points that 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 work for a lot of golfers. But Bridge Bridgestones has always been the one that fascinates me. And I guess my question to you here, and and now that we've seen some shift, is are they? Is there a chance they might get left in the dust despite being a phenomenal product? Left in the dust, uh, uh, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but you know, we have seen them. Trying to put it a good way, we've seen them be. What do you want to say? The number two ball at one point. I think that's fair to say, right? They were probably number two. That's a good sales. question. It, they were they were up there. Yeah, sure. and, and I don't know where they are now, but they don't get talked about like they used to. You know, it used to they used to be a big conversation ball, and a lot of that was at that time Callaway did not pump a lot of resources into their golf ball, and then they decided to when they when they came out with Chrome Soft, you know, the ball that changed the ball. You know, one of the jokes used to be the ball that changed the ball, known as the B three thirty RX. But Callaway has evolved that ball four or five times since then. And now they've got the, a whole new line out again. And Bridgestone, for somebody that just is like looking at the golf ball, Bridgestone's packaging still looks kind of similar to what it's been the last few years. Um, you know, the colors are the same. The names are kind of the same since they went to the Tour B model in what, 2019 or 2018? So I don't know if they're going to get left in the dust, but they just don't seem to grab a lot of enthusiasm. I'll put it like that. So my perspective is that they seem very satisfied with the customer base they have. And I'm sort of fascinated by it because we have Tiger Woods playing the ball, which is obviously the biggest possible name you could have. You have other major athletes in the sport playing the product. and, 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 And I don't see real progression. And for the for the company that I, I think benchmarked the idea that there should be multiple compressions and tour level golf balls uh, and options for multiple skill levels, as well as swing speeds, as well as style of swings. Mm-hmm. There's just, there was so much there 10 years ago. And, and if you gave me a looking glass 10 years ago and said, tell me what you see on the other side of this, I would not have said current status. And and again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just surprised by it. It's such a good product. Like how hasn't it propelled itself into a massive uh, uh, stranglehold in a lot of ways? Yeah, it's not I'm the same thing. I'm not trying to be critical, but it's just kind of the observation of what we've seen. I mean, for the last decade plus now, I, I used to play Bridgestone golf balls a lot and I still have a lot of Bridgestone golf balls. We've seen some things where they were trying different, uh, you know, different dimple types, different core materials. They had the the hydro the hydro core, I think they called it. Where mm-hmm. I, I remember I went down to a uh, like a small intimate media event down at Chelsea Piers, and it was me and a couple of like Golf Digest writers, which you could probably think of off the top of your head, and it was four of us in a room getting this whole presentation on Hydrocore and how it was going to be the big, the next big thing for golf balls. And then they came out with like their packaging and there wasn't one mention of it 
Huh. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait a minute. So we just went through this whole presentation here saying this right here, this is what's going to get people excited. And it wasn't like mentioned at all on, on the package. Like, that, was kind of, that was kind of interesting. Okay. Um, so let me, let me go a different direction with this because there is a new concept from them and it's a Jason day original is what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Is there a specific wording for it? I, I know I'm going to miss the actual name of it, but the effective concept is it's a bunch of stuff on a golf ball. that's supposed to help your mindset isolate to take a swing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, <laughs> they, they call it mindset, right? Is it really? Yeah. No, no free way. So they nailed that with mindset. They nailed that. Okay. They did. So it's like three circles <laughs> and an arrow, right? One of the circles is green. The in, internal circle. The idea is yeah. once you get to this point, then you may hit your shot. Okay. So, Let's travel back just a hair to the part where everyone was roasting J day for taking forever to hit a golf shot. And his argument was like, I'm not going to go until I'm ready until I visualize it, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. Um, and I, I understand that golfers have an inherent issue with like actually focusing when they hit. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know that those types of golfers would lean into a ball that encourages that. I don't think they genuinely care. Um, uh, but I, I would imagine there are some select individuals that I've played golf with over the last year who would be thrilled to have that extra component to take 45 seconds to get their minds right before they hit. But here's what I think is fascinating, right? It, it is effectively an ornament on the golf ball. It, it is not an alignment benefit. Um, and it's more simply there as a reminder, kind of like wearing a, a bracelet that says think before you hit or something like that. Right. Somebody used to sell those. Remember? Yeah. It's it probably like, me. It was like tempo feel. No, that was just or... rubber bands. I used to sell you. idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. They were expensive. <laughs> they didn't work anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It is. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, for me, it's a little, it's a little out there, but I could see people who want that kind of like focus and make it part of your routine, you know, clear, clear your mind, get ready for the shot and go. It's like I said, it's not, I don't know if it would be anything that would work for me. What I do like about it is I wouldn't have to mark my golf ball. There's nobody there. There's nobody else in my group that I would imagine that'd be playing that golf ball. All right. Most so the golfers I play with don't play Bridgestone. So it's the same reason why I like when I play Cali ball, I use triple track. Nobody else I play with uses it. So I don't have to mark it. I don't actually use the triple track for alignment. Okay. I just like that. I know that's my golf ball. Man. Okay. The so golf ball was the same thing. It's interesting. I, I, I think it's great that they have the option. It just, it does very little to me. I'm a guy who plays with nothing on the ball. I'm trying to work on that to add some alignment component to it. Uh, but I, I prefer to look down at a blank slate. I, I don't want to make anything more complex visually than it already is in a putting green. I know that's a, a probably a horrible take uh, on putting itself, but what can you do? I'm, I am who I am. So it, it just surprised me. I, I thought that they were not really into the whole... Um, <laughs> what's the right word <laughs> golf ball ornament uh construction i don't know it just i like it, that you call it an ornament I, what, what do you call it a... <laughs> i don't know but you say ornament and it just kind of makes me chuckle yeah 
Um, yeah, you got me blanked here because you know there is a, probably a really obvious word for it. They're, they they don't they don't seem to be the company who wants stuff on their golf balls. So when they came out with that, uh, maybe it's the same as the Tiger thing. There's a very certain style, a very certain thing you want Tiger on your golf ball. It's there for you to buy. Um, and I'm sure there's a small portion of players who are going to be thrilled having it. Uh, it's not me, and and that's fine. But I don't know, man. I I, I just I always kind of expect more uh, from their progression, and I just haven't seen it. And and I hope that changes. I hope people continue to pursue them because they are a great golf ball. Yeah, they are a great golf ball, and they they've been a great golf ball. They they really have. Like you say, they've they've had the four different models. They were way ahead of everybody else, saying this is a tour ball for you. You can get the benefits of it. It's just built for, you know, someone that swings in the 90s and you don't have to swing 110 miles per hour to make this thing work for you. We can we can do that and we'll fit you for it. Bring your golf ball and we'll fit you. We'll fit your golf ball against the, or our golf balls against your gamer ball. And if your gamer ball works better, by all means, that's fine. We tried. We'll be sad, but we tried. We'll, we'll be sad, <laughs> but we tr- we tried. Not, yeah. I, you know, that was the, always the thing to me that was like the most realistic and best thing that they did was their ball, live ball. Loved thing. it, yeah. yeah. Because at the end of the day, if they couldn't give you something that was better than what you were playing for your game, and they know they're not going to change every single person's golf ball, then it was just like, all right, well, you know what? Thank you. If you consider changing, here's the ball that we would recommend for you and, and be on your way. I always thought that was the best thing. It was the ones that I had went to were very low pressure. Here, take these driver swings. Let's see what's going on. Let's talk about it. Try a couple of these. Boom. Here you go. Here's our recommendation. It was it was so low pressure. I think we've successfully nailed our Bridgestone tangent for the episode. <laughs> um, and considering there's a couple other things I want to talk about, I will move on. Uh, but I am interested in people's thoughts. We, we will have a thread up on THP on this on Friday. So... If you are interested, come and tell us what your Bridgestone story was. When was the first time you tried them? Are you familiar with the Tour B lineup or back then the B330? Um, and is it a ball that has an, a genuine impact on your yearly results? Do you, do you like it? Do you do you think it's an interesting product? Or have you moved on to something else and, and, and are looking uh, in a different direction? Now, I'm really curious about that. So hopefully we can have some conversation other than people roasting me for calling things ornaments on golf balls, which is, you know, fine as well. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Dean, I want to shift to what happened last weekend because for the first time since I think, was it 1991, an amateur one on the PGA tour? Yeah. Yeah. Nick, uh, Nick Dunlap from, uh, was he his sophomore from Alabama? Sophomore dude. You remember sophomore. when you were a sophomore in college, were you winning no. golf tournaments? I, was, I, I don't even I don't even remember if I was winning test scores when I was a yeah. sophomore in college. I might have been winning like beer pong tournaments. I don't think I ever <laughs> yeah. covered a, <laughs> a I golf tried tournament. hard those. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Th- this is this is a fun conversation because you don't generally genuinely or normally have to have it, uh, considering the length and time in which it last happened, but there is a bit of a disconnect on tour between amateur golfers making money and winning tournaments. So long story short, an amateur won. Um, he made no money on it because of his status. Then he basically goes back to school making a decision. Do I go pro and have all this stuff laid out in front of me? Or do I continue my education, quote unquote, um, and, and see what uh, see what the world brings? Now, I think most people can assume if you're, give, you're afforded the right to for massive golf tournaments, you're probably going to make a quick decision. Um, but I'm curious 
to your overall thoughts on that and and whether we are currently in a system that works best for those amateurs well yeah i i'm one that does like the distinction between professional and and amateur golf Uh, and while it it kind of it stinks for him in a way that he doesn't make any you know prize money off off of that event which cost him what one point 1.5 1.5 million or something like that, which is kind of sad and, and crazy to think. Um, I, I like the idea, you know, you entered it, you got in it as, as an amateur, known that you weren't going to get paid for your success. And then you went out there and just shot kind of lights out for the entire week and walked away a winner. Now everything's in front of you. Like I said, you, you have major invites, you have, um, tour status i mean if your goal is to be a tour player you're you're there now you're ready you've earned it okay so all told is it it let's say let's say uh an amateur comes out to a tournament gets an exemption plays and um i don't even necessarily think they have to win let's say they get a top 10 okay should there be like a 48 hour window where you say okay it's time I'm going to go pro. Uh, and then you have the right to the winnings of that tournament upon making that decision. I mean, in an ideal world, sure. But that's kind of like having your cake and eating it too, right? You're trying to get it both ways. You're trying to get, you know, build up your amateur stuff, but then still trying to make money on the back end for uh, your results. It's so- not like college football to me or college other, it's not like the NIL money. I I distinguish it much differently as an amateur golfer. He's not there as a collegiate golfer, right? He's there as an amateur golfer. To me, that's two different things. His NIL deal that comes in through, you know, playing golf at Alabama, if he has one, and if he doesn't, I'm sure he does now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, that, that to me is very different than having amateur status. Okay. Interesting. Uh, it's it's man it's tough because you know i think it was like 1.6 million to the winner i mean that's of course that's life-changing money for anyone who's willing to admit (laughs) anything so it's hard to say you've you've accomplished this thing you've beaten all these guys who are professionals in the in the position and we're just going to go ahead and give that money to someone else now (laughs) it's 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 a weird thing to sit on, man. I don't know. I, I I sat back and I looked at the the payout sheet and there's just giant blank next to his name, and then this guy who gets second is like staring down a one point six million for no reason at all, other than he got second in a golf tournament. It's, she's like, "There's got to be a better way. There's got to be something they can do to sort of ease the pain on this experience for some folks." I, I well, don't know. I, I think the good thing is that that kind of yeah, okay. It doesn't make up for, you know, all the money, but being able to still reap the benefits of winning that that comes along with winning that golf tournament, you know, two years exemption on tour, uh, you know, invite to to majors, and you know where his world ranking is now. Did you see that jump? It was yeah, it was the 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 <laughs> biggest jump in history. I think that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that kind of stuff gives it. In my mind, I'm not in his shoes, but in my mind, a little bit of a softer landing. It's not like he gets nothing out of it. He just doesn't get the instant cashola. So you hear that, young Mr. Dunlap. You you have (laughs) no pity party for Dean here. 
Uh, I'm still on the fence. (laughs) Hey, hey, great job, friend. I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching it. It was was really cool. And I was rooting so hard for him. I really was. So at one point they uh, interviewed Justin Thomas, who basically said, I was hoping to like coast in the weekend and shoot like minus 30 or whatever. I forget what he said. Like, and then this random kid comes out and shoots minus 10 or something like that. He was like genuinely <laughs> insulted by it. He's like, yeah, he, he, I think he said something like, I didn't expect this kid to come out and shoot 60 <laughs> yeah. in the third round. Like that, that's, that's so, that's just dirty. <laughs> I, I do like that there's a freedom to respect what goes on out there. Um, and, and good for him for, you know, obviously getting in the record books um, in a lot of ways. And and doing something that hasn't been accomplished in you know thirty plus years, which is pretty wild when you think about it. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I think there has to be there has to be a better way. I, I think I, I think I'm being a little bit pessimistic on the overall situation, but at the same time, you got to get something. Like you got to get something, especially with now the I, I know college is different, but now that um, or the differentiating between college and amateurs is different. But this whole NIL thing now, like the idea that you can't get paid until you're pro is, is kind of lost to me at this point. Yeah, and, and that's why in my mind I really have a, you know, make a distinction of, you know, a collegiate golfer and an amateur golfer. Because an amateur golfer is, could be us, right? Well, you. <laughs> what, <laughs> but, what tournaments are we but, winning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you get my point. Like you can, anybody can actually be an amateur golfer, you know, when you're good enough and not be... Uh, with like Stuart Hagestad, he's the that mid am that's always always hanging around. He's in like his mid thirties, and he goes to the Masters and he plays in a lot of those tournaments, and he doesn't make any money off of them because he's he is an amateur golfer. Whereas this kid's a, a collegiate golfer who's also an an amateur because he's a professional status. And I just I don't know. I view it a little bit different because of that extra layer. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, you guys can tell me if I'm absolutely crazy or not. Or maybe I'm just a curmudgeon. I don't know. About this specifically, he already about knows this about specifically. the other stuff. Yeah, I, I know I am wrong on so many other things, and <laughs> hopefully my wife is not listening to that because I will never admit anything wrong. I'll, to her. I'll send her. Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> Facebook message. I don't know. Something. Send her that li- that little <clears throat> wave file. Yeah, <laughs> he admitted it. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's there's one other big thing that I wanted to talk about, and. Uh, it's kind of a goofy little complaint that I've had over the weekend. And that's the availability of simulator golf during trash can months of the year. So I know you dudes out in California or Florida or Arizona are just laughing away right now, but there are places in this country when January hits who can't golf and it hurts and it's not fun. So what we do is we go to a place called a indoor simulator (laughs) <laughs> and we play where you hit balls up against the mat. It's kind of like an indoor fitting, but there's like golf courses there. Uh, and yes, I'm being very sassy right now. Uh, you're going to have to deal with it either way. I went to one this weekend with some buddies and the price, it, it wasn't crazy. It was like 40 an hour, right? But that was like midday. Uh, not too bad. The whole place is unmanned. So they have cameras up. They, there are like four properties and they all work out of like a centralized location where I'm sure they monitor activity as it goes. So overall, it's a cool setup uh, and does get a little bit cheaper when you go to um, off season, which is great. Um, 
but it's all like come as you go. You bring your own food and drink or whatever, which is great. Um, but I don't know, man, $40 just, it, it didn't feel great. <laughs> um, and, and I know it's for the booth or for the bay. So it's not like $40 per person. Do, do you do any of that up by you? And do you have an idea on rates? So I, I used to be in a indoor sim league. Okay. Uh, me and our old friend, uh, Pete Carroll. What joined, a guy. Joined one for, I, I think we did it for two or three years. And it wasn't, it turned out to be just about $40, $40 for the week, $40 for the week for, I don't even remember how long it was. And it was fine. Like it, for me, it was like, look, this is like my, my night out during the week. I'm still getting out there to swing. I'm, I'm going to be ready for spring. And it, and it was cool. And that place is still, uh, right now they are around $60 during like the prime times of the weekend and week. And then, uh, you know, they're $50 for an hour. The others there's, there's a few different places near me. There's actually, I don't know, maybe like four or five different, like actual dedicated ones. And now a few courses have actually put in simulator bays too, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Um, but there is one that's like a much higher end experience. They've, they built the place out to look like Butler cabin, uh like it's really they have like really nice bar they have a lot of like fireplaces and really really nice and that one during like the peak times is runs you like 60 to 70 dollars an hour okay and then if you want to rent like their vip suite one it's it's over 100 bucks jesus okay so here's where i think i get really tripped up is I am the kind of person who's willing to do play golf at just about any time. In fact, I have made proclamations that if they open a night golf course here, like a, a golf course that's under lights, I will immediately uh, get a <laughs> get a membership uh, and and show up at 10 p.m. rearing and ready. <laughs> um, but my thought was, if this place is open 24 hours a day, and they are basically empty for 12 of those hours. Why not go half price from like 10 a 10 p.m. to let's say 7 a.m. Like why not give those crazy nighters and those crazy early birds a chance to get some really cheap golf in? Yeah, so they like a couple of them near me do that for the morning. Uh, I want to say they cap it at like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So if you play, I think they open at like nine. So if you play okay. between nine nine and two during the week or nine and noon on the weekends it's usually like ten dollars cheaper still you know still not a lot if, and if you're at that one that's like the much premium ex- more premium experience you're still paying fifty dollars or so okay but you can play for i want to say 40 35 at some of them and some of them now to rent for like a half hour which i used to like because i would go um you know back when i lived in an apartment i didn't have a great spot to swing um during the winter i would bring my little gc2 and i would go in the hitting bay and i'd set up my ipad and i would just say i need this for a half hour and i would i would pay the half hour rate and the guy's like where what course you want to play i said nothing you don't even have to turn the screen on if you don't want to <laughs> you know put the range up and I, let me just go okay and that was that was fine because the, the half hour rate for me was i want to say like on those some of those days was like 20 bucks that was worth it like that yeah, okay. was a cool experience huh well, I don't know. Maybe maybe my expectations are just a little too high. A big part of that is 
outdoor driving ranges for the price are still quite good. Uh, as much as they're not, as much as they're not temperature controlled and you can't use your own golf ball. Um, there are places that have like, uh, the the shot tracking software Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure even some of them you can actually play golf on the tvs that are in there based on the way you hit which is pretty rad but i don't know man i i just feel like 40 bucks and i'm probably people are probably out there saying right now i'd love to pay 40 an hour (laughs) for a sim (laughs) uh but you know I, i look at a place that's empty half the time and it's like if you split your costs in half for those times that no one comes and shows up and plays, I'm pretty confident you're going to get some crazies joining up uh, and coming to have a good time. So I'm looking for that, honestly. Yeah. And I don't think that's like unrealistic, right? I mean, I would love that a place that I could go hit golf balls at like 11 o'clock at night. Like we ever a member at like a planet fitness their big whole thing was, Hey, we're open 24 hours. You can come whenever you want. It's like, all right, well, who's coming to hit, who's coming to exercise at like two in the morning, but you know what? There's people out there that are like that. And I would be like that with one of these indoor sim places. All right. Yeah. It's one o'clock. Let's, let's just go bang some balls for an hour and <laughs> then we'll go home, go to bed. Yeah, man. I'm, I'd be so fired up like, Hey, $10 an hour from one to 3am. I'm like, Hey, I know what I'm doing every No, no it's not gonna be like that. Uh, yes, but <laughs> there was a time for sure. Uh, and my wife, should she listen to this is going, yeah, dude, there was for sure. It was called <laughs> call of duty, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> but you know, th- I, I don't know there. It, I love that it's available. Uh, I just wish it was more accessible and, and maybe that's just a little bit of, uh, uh, crabby patty stuff because I want my own simulator, uh, and access all the time. But, I don't know. It's just, it just feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, I get it. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get it. You know, like though, when I compare it to around me, there's a, a range that has a top is a top tracer range. Okay. And that for an hour, I want to say is 35 or $40 to hit the balls outside. Really? Yeah. Tell them to relax. So, it, and it's, it's the same type of deal. It's unlimited balls for that amount of time but you're getting to use the technology and see your ball flight and then compare it to the ball flight on the screen next to you. And that that's around the same. So in my mind, I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat. If I'm during the season and I want to do it there, I have to pay it. And if I'm off season, depending on the place I go to, I can get it for the same amount of money. <laughs> what about the guys? Can you pay extra to not see your results? <laughs> <laughs> Some would say I golf with my eyes closed anyway, so I'm not sure paying for the technology is worth it for me. Uh, well, last but not least, buddy, you've been working real hard and I appreciate your efforts on the THP homepage. And I think it, I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say it's always fun to get on there and find out what's going on and what new releases are out. But is there anything you've seen recently that you're just absolutely completely excited about for 2024? Man, there's been a lot, a lot of good stuff out so far. I mean, I know we're, we're almost at the end of January, so there, there's so much bells and whistles. Um, ones that I just got done writing for this week were some new Cleveland launches. So we have the, uh, the RTX full phase two, which you know, it's a, a high toe, full face groove wedge. And they, you know, they have their new uh, smart, smart soul series line to simplify the short game for people. And they made those with full face grooves as well. Added a lob wedge, 64 degrees with like a wide, <laughs> wide sole, wide flange on the bottom. 
I, I kind of want to hit one. I want to see. If, <laughs> I, I want to see if I could shoot that thing straight up in the air. But the whole thing behind it is to not open the face so much. Just do it square faced. Sixty four degrees, man. I I've spent probably a decade telling people they have no business playing anything over a fifty eight. Uh, I've been yeah. firmly in that camp. But if they're saying you don't have to open your face up, I mean, there's definitely a need for that. And it's, yeah, especially it's, if you don't. Uh, uh, don't dig down or, or drop the equator on that golf ball. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And the way that they, they design, you know, the, the tri-level sole underneath it, it shouldn't dig. So you can play it square. You're going to look at it. It's staring right back at you at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it'll just, just put a little bit of a, a pitch swing on it and see what happens. Yeah. Those kind of things, are, those kind of things are interesting. I, I've played a chipper before their Niblick series way back in the day. And, you know, outside of getting some friendly ribbing for using a chipper, it it worked. I mean, for people who don't get out there to practice their short game enough and they play once every two months. Yeah, that that series has it has its spot in the game. It really does. For sure. Everyone else, there's a a 64 degree wedge that uh, you don't have to open up. It's just there staring at you. It's just, it's just there. Look, I, I would draw like a little smiley face on it. <laughs> look down and be like, hey, there we are. Especially some of those full-faced wedge grinds or uh, grooves, full, full-faced full grooves now. Man, I feel like you're looking down like, do I put an egg on this or hit a golf ball with it? <laughs> <laughs> it's multi <laughs> yeah. uh, It's a trip. Well, that's interesting. I'll, I'll have to take a look at that. I hope you put one in play so that I can try it next time we hang out. Well, uh, we'll see. Maybe I can get one in and uh, I believe we're going to see each other in uh, just about three months, right? I hope so. And the then, eagerness uh, is uh, is growing. Yeah. We'll have a little <laughs> contest. Oh, boy. <laughs> who who doesn't ready. hit themselves in the face with a flop shot? Uh, oh, you thought it was be a golf contest? No, we're going to see if we can actually like serve each other drinks on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I can't beat you. you in a, I can't beat you in a golf contest, friend. We've tried I, that. Remember, we were trying to get hole in ones at like eleven o'clock at night in the, in the yeah. pitch black. Yeah, it didn't work. Can you? I think that's a prime example of I really genuinely need somewhere to play at night because we were doing it in the dark and fully satisfied. So, yeah, I think um, I think maybe there's some legs to that too. Either way, it's always fun having you on, buddy. Thanks to you. Yeah, absolutely. Good to be back. I hope you folks enjoyed this madness that we call a show. Uh, this is episode 190. We're counting down to 200 at this point. Very exciting stuff. I will see you guys next week with a brand new episode. If you're playing golf this weekend, have fun, make it count. And if you're inside, don't pay, pay too much. If you're outside, don't laugh too hard in Ohio's direction. See you guys next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network. Your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.